You are now listening to The Outsiders Podcast, the Baltimore edition, where you get the inside information. I'm your host, Sean Sims, and I've got some information and news for you all today, giving it to you, bringing it to you, as only the outsiders can do, and we have a situation, what we have here is a a situation, we have a situation where you have a person backstabbing Brandon, backstabbing Brandon Scott, Slim Shady, as he's known on the outsiders who's in a lot of trouble. He's in deep duty. And he's getting desperate. July 13th, there was a hearing. I was there. I was there at the hearing. I was with Giovanni Patterson. He was there as well. Mercy Morgan was with us for a little bit as well. We were there at the hearing. And... See, I don't know what's going on, but somehow you just can't get away from it. You can't get away from the peroxide. You can't get away from the pearls. She was there at City Hall at the hearing. Shantae Jackson. Wow. I mean, just go away, baby. June 30th, just when you thought the water was safe, the city hall was safe, just when you thought this disaster of a director for Monty is gone, you don't have to worry about seeing her or hearing from her. She left. She's an op-ed. In the Baltimore Sun. And this is just a quarter Go already. So I'm going to go over that out there in the Baltimore Sun. And so you can hear what was said. So here we are. Following the mass shooting that took place at Brooklyn Homes on July 2nd, I was overcome by a flurry of emotions that started with disbelief, frustration, and sadness. There was, 
and continues to be a lot to process. As someone who has called Baltimore home my entire life and has devoted my career to public safety for our residents. Yeah, you really did a bang up job with the public safety part, Shantae. Bang up job. I'll continue. This is the op-ed, the Baltimore Sun, that came out, I believe, yesterday. But I'll continue. This event broke my heart. This was the largest mass shooting in over a decade and doesn't just stop. First of all, Shantae, this is not only the, the biggest decade mass shooting, largest mass shooting in over a decade. This was the biggest mass shooting, young lady, in the history of the city. So don't try to downplay the horrific event or just saying, oh, just a decade. No, 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 no. no let, me, let me go ahead and continue with Shantae's op-ed impact Brooklyn homes. It alters the very fabric of our city. Our city lost two young people. Aliyah Gonzalez and Kyle Isaac. No, let me explain. The city had two, the two young people who were at a block party in Baltimore City who were murdered. Their lives weren't just lost. They were murdered at a block party. Their lives were taken. Okay, so so let's not again just downplay things. So let's go on. Let's go on with, with this. Anthony, who had their futures ahead of them. Nothing is more painful than knowing that their families, friends, and community will never get to see them reach the promise of their lives' potential. Through the immense efforts of our local medical institutions and first responders. 28 other victims were given the chance to see another day, but their lives will forever be changed. Now, yes, the medical people did a fantastic job, jumped in there, and I believe they should get huge kudos for what they did. In the midst of this trauma, and a clear admission by the Baltimore Police Department that there was a breakdown in communications and operations by officers in the Southern District. Oh, I'm going to get to that in just a little bit. Let's finish up with this op-ed by Shantae, and I'm going to get to all of that. Council members Isaac Yancey Schleifer and Eric Costello used a city council hearing on July 13th to weaponize this horrific incident and advance the Fox 45 narrative of vilifying safe streets community violence intervention workers. Uh, no, that is not what happened, Shantae. As far as I'm concerned, that's a bald-faced lie. That is not what happened. Okay, I was there. They were asking questions, the other council members who were of African descent. They were asking some very pointed questions as well. Not as much as they should have. I think they should have dug more into that situation, but it seemed as though that they were so unprepared, Monty was so unprepared, the people didn't even look at the input information in Apricot didn't even look at the information. Didn't even go over it fully after the biggest mass shooting in history of the city. So um, serious questions arise out of that. So let's continue. We're taking thousands of dollars in political donations from members of the SPIN. 
family that owns Fox 45 as parent company, Sinclair Broadcast Group. Call the public and their fellow council member. Whoa, wait. So they're the only members who take donations from Smith family? They're the only members of city council who do? Sure, right, Shantay. Okay, let's continue. We're calling into question the equity of police response times to calls for service. Schleifer and Costello brushed off legitimate concerns about whether or not police would have had the same reaction if the Brooklyn Day block party took place in Federal Hill, a neighborhood that Costello represents, in favor of demanding why information on mediations conducted by Safe Streets, who had staff on the scene prior to the mass shooting, wasn't being used in a police investigation. That's a good question. Uh, you got a problem with uh, question, Shantae? If you particularly have a problem with people who are asking what I, that's a good question. And there were questions were, questions that were asked were very good questions. So you got a problem with that? In asking that question, these two white council members misconstrued the efficacy and role of community. Whoa, 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 here we go. White? White. So you have an issue that a white council person asked a white director. Yeah, that's right. Um, Stephanie Madronis is, is a Caucasian young lady. And that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. So is Richard Worley. He's a Caucasian man. So you have two Caucasian people that she's claiming, Eric Costello, and and the chief Schleifer that they're white doesn't make any sense. See, this is nonsensical. So let's go let's go on. Let's continue. Violence intervention work being done in some of the city's black communities. As someone who is intimately familiar with this work, I feel the need to set the record straight. Safe Street staff are not law enforcement personnel. They are credible messengers who depend on relationships with and in the neighborhoods. Neither are the, the guardian angels. Neither are other organizations that work with folks who are on the streets or people who are getting out of prison during time. And uh, Marlo Harbaugh and his organization. There are other organizations that are out there that don't get millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and tens of millions of dollars. They don't get anything. And there are people who know. They're not running and hiding. We can't show, we can't let you know who they are. Bravo Sierra. Let's continue. They serve to mediate conflicts among high-risk community members and change cultural norms around the communal acceptability of gun violence. This work follows the internationally recognized pure violence model that expressly states that it's failing. The model sucks. Okay, it's failing. It shows it doesn't work. Look it up. Look at the model. Look at what's going on here in the city. Just use Baltimore as an example with the violence, the second, second most criminally violent city in the country, number 17 on the planet. So your system, it sucks. 
It doesn't work. So let's, let's, let's go on. Let's go on to hear what else Shante has to say. It's that violence interrupters and other staff must remain independent in order to maintain the credibility needed to work those at highest risk. This model has been validated through rigorous research from Daniel Webster of the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School. The Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School. Yeah, right. Sure. Uh, do we have any other uh, entities or agencies that have looked at the model? Because what I've heard and seen of it, the model is no good. It's Scheiße. Uh, that's German for manure. Let's continue. Google Public Health Center for Gun Violence Solutions, which found that when safe streets is properly implemented and funded, it can significantly reduce homicides and non-fatal shootings. Has it significantly reduced homicides and non-fatal shootings throughout the city? Has it done that? No! You have a Brooklyn mass shooting. You have high, high crime rates. Number two in the country for criminal violence. So let, let, let's continue, because I don't know what this young lady is talking about. She must be delusional. Let's go on. In the most underserved neighborhoods, expecting safe streets to share sensitive public health information with the police ignores the reality that doing so would... Public health information? You mean if somebody has a weapon or not, they can't share that information because that's public health? <laughs> this, this is a joke. The Baltimore Sun, think this nonsense? That's your rap. That's what you're going to roll with. What you're going to roll with Baltimore Sun, you're going to roll with that. Okay. Obviously, the mayor pulled some strings and get this crap put in the Baltimore Sun. But let's, let's continue. There's more. Compromise the relationships that these workers depend on to conduct successful mediations and put their own safety at risk, particularly given the long-standing mistrust of the police in black communities. Successful mediations. Okay, so the five interactions that you had on July the 1st, those five interactions, I guess the interactions were so successful that the rest of the night went free and clear of any wrongdoing or shooting. Oh, no, no, that's right. That didn't happen. Yeah, that's right. And then there's an 80% chance that they had weapons on them as well. So, wow, that model really, really worked that day not. No, it didn't work. So let's, let's continue. Let, let's continue. City Streets was on the ground after the event supporting victims and helping residents deal with trauma even in the midst of dealing with their own trauma. They are members of the... So let me get this straight. First, City Streets had left. Okay. So City Streets left after five incidences and their weapons and 80% chance of there being weapons, five incidences. That's a possibility of what? Four at least four weapons. And if both parties involved in the incident had a weapon, you can have a possibility of a max of eight weapons between the five incidences. And so things went well? No, no, no. Let's, let's continue. The mediations were well. Obviously, the mediations more than likely did not go well because there's a high probability that out of those five incidences, that 
something grew up even worse out of those five incidences that the mass shooting took place because of maybe one of those incidences. But we do, the fact still remains, there were five incidences, there was an 80% chance of weapons between those five incidences. And there was a mass shooting that happened after. And then the safe streets workers, what, how they, they returned after the shooting, after the damage was done, then they returned to offer help. That was good of them to return to offer help. But we were really in an interim time between the five incidences and then a mass shooting. They seemed to disappear. You know what's that? The reality is that community violence intervention workers help communities be and feel safe, blaming them for failures that BPT public law. The citizens of Baltimore, Santa, do not feel safe. Safe streets does not make people feel safe. Having police presence, having a low crime rate, having the protocol with the police department and community organizations which should have had a strong bond between the community organizations and the police department so that they know and understand what is going on. Those are the things that make citizens feel safe. So now, Chante, you're speaking for the citizens of Baltimore City? <sighs> Completely delusional. Let's go on. There's a little bit more left of this ridiculousness. We accepted responsibility for willfully ignores the fact that safe streets and other community violence interruption workers are not a substitute for good, proactive law enforcement, nor are they government employees. They have been in Brooklyn homes helping their community heal. You're right. They're not a substitute for a properly operating police department, which is engaged with the community, which is engaged with the citizenry. No, they are not. Yet, they get tens of millions of dollars. While the police department, oh, let's pull money away from them because that's what backstabbing Brandon wanted to do. And even one here did. Now he's got another way to pull money away from them with this safe streets and, and Monty business. Let's finish up with Shantae. Picking up necessities to residents impacted by this event and showing up every day for their fellow neighbors. I can't say the same of Costello and Schleifer. Shantae Jackson, Twitter. At Sir Jackson 527, most recently served as director of the Mayor's Office of Neighborhood Safety and... Yeah, and she's not there anymore because Brandon kicked her butt out. And then he came up with this cover to say, for her to say that she's leaving this cushy $223,000 a year gig on her own, just out of nowhere. Right, sure. Uh, don't believe that. Now, who was at the hearing? My notes fell down. Who was at the hearing? Now, BPD, Acting Commissioner Worley, Richard Dickwood, was at the hearing July 13th. Monsey's acting director, but it's too active. Acting and acting. Okay. 
Stephanie Margolis was there at the hearing, July 13th. Housing Authority of Baltimore City, Janet Abrams, President and CEO, was there at the hearing. And Department of Transportation, Corinne Johnson, I'm Director of the Department of Transportation. Talking about trees and abandoned cars and, and shrubbery. And security cameras being, being blocked and uh, permit issues, stuff like that. But the Department of Transportation, I'm going to take them, I'm just going to put an X right there because, I mean, they had nothing to do with any responsibilities with, with, with what happened. Um, but that's Adam Brandon, and I warned you, I said, do not get close to him. He will stab you in the back. He stabbed the citizens of Baltimore City in the back with that BGE backdoor conduit deal to give them control over the city's conduit. Now look at the mess that's going on and you got two weeks suing them and I don't know how many other lawsuits you got other neighborhoods joining in and I'm sure there's more to come. But what he did, what Vassab and Brandon did, is he took the black woman, Janet Abrahams, Janet Abraham took her and recently threw her under the bus. But the two Caucasian folk, that is uh, Richard Worley and Stephanie Margonis, no, he didn't, he didn't go and say that they had responsibilities and really go and throw them under the bus. He did that with the, the, the black woman, Janet Abraham. He put it on her. Uh, wow. And then another black woman, he gave her the boot to get out. And that is Shante Jackson, who was replaced by a Caucasian woman, a white woman. And she's talking about Eric Costello and Isaac Schleifer and bringing up race. See, that's funny. See, I, I just want you all to hear, just take a quick little listen at uh, Brandon, backstabbing Brandon at work. Hey, it looked like. Mayor Bennett Scott calling for more details from the agency running the Brooklyn Homes housing development. The folks that actually are responsible for that housing development should have known. How did the Brooklyn New Block Party go undetected this year, especially after more than 20 years of holding the event? Now, that's a lot of time holding the event, and sure, there should be some responsibility taken with Stephanie Abraham, uh, Janet Abraham, I should say. Stephanie Marvonis, on the other hand, who's the acting director of Monty, what do we do? Stage Streets is under Monty. What happened with, what happened with that? What happened with him saying, you know what? Stephanie Margolis, maybe not mentioning her name, but just saying Monsi, Safe Streets particularly, they were ahead responsibility, some responsibility of what happened that, e that evening because they didn't report the weapons to the police. Why weren't the police, why weren't they told about the weapons? And speaking of the, the police, uh, I'm going to get to that in just a little bit, but Marvonis, Stephanie, Marvonis, I should say Monty, 
Let, let, let's, let's hear what she had to say July 15th at the hearing. I would offer a statistic that we shared publicly related to this program is that in anywhere up to 80% of the incidents and individuals that State Street's workers on a given night are putting themselves in front of, there is either a weapon present or a concealed weapon or a suspected weapon. Whoa, 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 whoa. Really? She just said it. I was there. So what happened at that point? Does backstabbing Brandon say anything about City Streets and how they fumbled the ball, dropped the ball? No, nothing. See? So this this ridiculousness that's going on with Shantae Jackson and her op-ed and race, I don't know. Who 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 should have a spotlight on them regarding race? The mayor? You have a black police commissioner who's left, and he put a Caucasian male in without a search, without doing what uh, Mayor Bowser did in D.C. at a search and found someone and found uh, Police Chief Smith at nomination, hopefully soon to be Police Chief Smith, nominated Smith. But no, no, Brandon, he did his own thing. So you have that part that's going on, and I want to get to the person at hand. I really need, really need to have more focus on him because this is so important, and that is Mr. Worley. Here's a hearing and what he had to say. Um, 